Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. If you don't know me, my name is Tracy Irwin, and I'm on the executive leadership here at The Resting Place. And I just want to welcome those who are watching online. Give them a shout, clap. Welcome online. For those of you watching online, um, this morning I was convinced that um, I didn't need my alarm clock. So I was like, my body will just wake me up. Has anyone ever tried that? Yeah, okay. Epic fail. I woke up so late, so I feel like I'm catching up uh, this entire day. But uh, thank you for just being here. And um, today I have an amazing message for you. We are going to just discover together today just how powerful we are when we pray. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not the most exciting topic, but come on now. Who likes power? Okay. I like a little power. Come on. But we are. We're going to discover how powerful we are when we pray. Um, And I'm going to start with a quote. If you can put that quote up there on the first slide. Technical difficulties. Pause. The awkward pause. There we go. All right. So this is a quote that has changed my prayer life. Uh, You can do more than pray after you have prayed. How many of you believe that? Like, you can do more than just pray, right? Is that accurate, would you say? Yeah. Okay. However, you can never do more than pray until you've prayed. Think about that. Everything we do starts with prayer. That's what Jesus did. I mean, that's what he modeled. So let me put it another way. If Jesus who had all the power, could do anything he wanted to do, why did he pray? Why did he pray? He could make anything happen. All power was given to him to do anything. Why would Jesus need to pray? Well, relationship. He didn't want to. His will was surrendered to the Father's will. It was relationship. Even though he had power to make things happen, We could live our whole lives without one single prayer. We could. We absolutely could. Um, But we would never know the fullness of God's heart for us or the dreams he has for us. We would never know that. And I I don't want any of you to not know God's dream for your life. Like, that's why I exist. I exist so that I can help other people realize their full potential. I don't want anyone to miss out on their full potential in God. And so we could absolutely go through our whole whole life without praying one single prayer, but why would you, (laughs) right? And we're going to talk about a little bit about that because some of us, you know, have beliefs. But let's look at John 15, or excuse me, John 5, verse 19. This is the... NIV version, Jesus gave them, the Jewish leaders, this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can, he can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, 
the Son does also. So he didn't do anything apart from the Father. That's why he prayed. And I think we often, first of all, I just think in general that as people, including myself, uh, are very anemic in prayer. How many of you would agree with that? Yeah. It's okay. Raise your hand. I'm anemic in prayer. I'm raising my hand too. Look around. There's, there's those of us who uh, might just be in a place where we're weary, you know? And maybe these are some things that, uh, that will resonate with you. Maybe you don't know how to pray for a situation. Maybe the situation is so overwhelming you can't even, you don't even know how to pray. Maybe you feel like your prayers don't get answered. How many of you feel that? I do. Prayers not getting answered is a, is a big hindrance to our prayer life. Or maybe, maybe you think you don't need to pray because God's in control. <laughs> like, I don't need to pray. God's in control. Everything's good, right? Or maybe uh, someone else is praying, praying for that, so I probably don't need to pray for that. It's covered. There's all a myriad of reasons. If any of that resonated with you, I want our starting point to be whatever you came in here today with, whatever limiting beliefs about prayer that you came in with, you don't need to leave with them, <laughs> right? Because I want you to feel the power of God through you when you pray. Like, there's why else pray, right? Unless we are praying with God through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see what we pray manifest. How many want that? Okay, awesome. Two of you. Great. All right. I'm talking to you guys. Maybe online you've raised your hand. But I want you to just think about what hinders you. Do you feel unworthy to come to him when you pray? Um, me, uh, my background, because we all start somewhere. Maybe this is you. Um, I had a formality of prayer, you know. I was very formal because I didn't really know God in the way that I know him now. And it was like, thou art thy Lord, God Almighty of the heaven of the universe. You are so powerful and mighty. I am not even worthy to come to you, but I'm coming to you with whatever. But that's how I would come to him in prayer. Just very formal. Um, I didn't know how to pray, guys. Um, when I got saved, it's not like I got this uh, prayer life coach, you know. <laughs> there were no life coaches back in the day when I got saved, but I didn't have a, a, a prayer life coach. Um, but something beautiful happened um, as I started walking with the Lord, the Holy Spirit tutored me in how to pray. So that was really good. But I think just being aware of what hinders us. Um, and sometimes we think that we have to come to him with an image of what we think we need to be in order to come before him. And that's not true. I, I just want to, if you don't hear anything I say, I want you to hear this. What you pray matters. What you pray matters to God. Our prayers is not about pleasing God. Our prayers about receiving him. Period. It's not about 
performance. It's not about pleasing him. We don't have to pray in a way that's trying to please him. He's already pleased with you. Newsflash, he's already pleased with you. You can't do anything more to please God. He is already pleased with you. Um, something that really hindered my prayer life was I was mad at God for a long time. Has, does that apply to anyone? Like, I was mad at God for specific outcomes that I didn't really appreciate. <laughs> I'm like, this is not what I would do. Um, and so I think there needs to be an authenticity when we come to him. We need to unzip that protective layer because no one knows us like God. He's the one that knows every hair on your head. He formed you. He planned you. He purposed you before the foundations of the world. Let, remind, let me remind you, he already knows everything about you. You're not hiding anything. <laughs> we are hiding we're hiding from ourselves, either because it's too painful, because of disappointment, because of fear. Um, it's that protective layer. And I want to invite you to let your guard down. Let your walls come down. Imagine the best father that you can think of. Just imagine what that would look like to you. What would like, oh, yeah, this would be, if I had a dad that did X, Y, Z, that would like. And I want you to multiply that by like a billion times. And we still haven't fully tapped into the reality of his goodness. Okay, so that's who you're praying to. Let me attach his character to who you're praying to. God is good. He's a good God and he is not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. So let me just ask, what is your starting point and your belief with prayer? So, as I was saying, I had a great um, kind of authentic Holy Spirit tutored me and just praying. It was just relationship. I mean, I talked to him like I would talk to someone at the coffee shop. I would just have conversations with him. How many of you have done that? Just like you're chit-chatting. Awesome. Um, I didn't always do that because, again, I started with very, you know, formal. But I, um, I don't know how I always get roped into movements my family thinks I'm always in a cult. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the resting place is a cult. That missionary group's a cult. I mean, everything's a cult, right? But I kind of got caught up in a prayer movement, and it became very formal. And my prayer life got hijacked because, you know, it was praying all the watch hours and... I felt like if I didn't pray this certain way that God wasn't going to hear me or answer me. Um, and my prayer life just went in the ditch. And I, I shut it down for a super long time um, until I discovered these three values that I want to share with you. I want you to feel permission to take these for your own. Um, I'm going to go over each one. But the first one is, if you want to write it down, it's not on the screen. One person's prayer can change a nation. That's my first value, that I believe that one person can change a nation. Do you? What I pray happens. Mm-hmm. I believe that what I pray happens. And I'll share with you how that shift changed for me. When my prayers don't seem to be, quote, unquote, seem to be answered, I don't shrink back. 
Let me ask you, how many of you know your life from beginning to end already? You've seen the trailer for your whole life, the movie trailer. We don't. And so it can seem like our prayers aren't answered, but we don't know the beginning from the end. It's a mystery, but he does. He does. So when my prayers don't seem to be answered, I don't shrink back. So that right there is a good starting point for you. Um, it doesn't take a stadium full of people to change a nation, guys. <laughs> Although you, if you believe that, that's okay. But I'm here to kind of tell you it doesn't. It's not a requirement. One person is a catalyst because one person plus God is the majority. Okay? You plus God is the majority, no matter your situation, in your marriage, in your home, in your city, with your kids. You plus God is the majority, always. If not, what does that say about our prayers? How insignificant and does my prayer even matter if we can't believe that? If we could just, you know, I've heard this, if we could just get the nation repenting and praying, things would change. And although there's a piece of that that's true, we can see how one person can be a catalyst for transformation of culture. And 1 John 4, 4, if you want to pull that up, he's speaking to you. You, you dear, dear children, are from God. So if you haven't heard, I'm, I'm announcing to you, you are from God. If you said yes to God, you are from God. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. Okay? And things get so overwhelming, we forget that. So here's a reminder. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater. You are greater because of Jesus. That's the majority principle. Because greater is he who is in you than the one who's in the world. We are fighting from victory, okay? And that changes how we pray. This is the place we pray from. So what side of the cross are you praying from? Okay, we're here to enforce the victory Jesus already paid for. I don't like wasting my time praying for things that Jesus already did. It really nullifies the cross. So when you pray, ask Jesus, did you already pay for that? If the answer is yes, then I receive what you did. It's that simple. <laughs> did you already pay for that? Yes. Okay, I receive it. I receive it. That simple. So we can see in James 5, 17 through 18 in the Passion Transla Translation, Elijah was a man with human frailties, just like all of us. But he prayed and received supernatural answers. Say supernatural answers. They were supernatural. They were not of this world. They were of heaven. He actually shut the heavens over the land so there would be no rain for three and a half years. <laughs> then he prayed again and the skies opened up over the land so that the rain came again and produced the harvest. This really happened. Elijah was a human, just, just like we are. But he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
you have power and you have effectiveness that even if you are tapping into it right now and you're thinking, I'm at a great prayer place, I want to tell you there's more. If you have never tapped in to the prayers, uh, understanding that they're powerful and effective, you can start today. You can start today. You know, the world is very attracted to power. I want you to think about that for a minute. Power is very attractive to the world. We can see it in movies. We can see it all through culture. How about the power of the Holy Spirit being made manifest inside of you? Imagine if each one of us times how many believers on the face of the earth tapped into that, what would happen? This prayer shaped the economy and ecology, uh, ecology of his nation for three and a half years. Think about that. Your prayers can shift nations. Um, I felt led to go to D.C. recently, and I went to a workshop because I got frustrated of, um, unless you live under a rock, this world seems to be like cray-cray right now. <laughs> and... There's a lot of voices out there telling us what the problem is. And there's different sides, right? There's different sides to what the actual problem is. I want to know what the solution is. Because God's not looking for protesters. He's looking for reformers that bring solution. So it's like all these voices are saying, this is what the problem is. This is what the problem is. And I'm like, I already know what the problem is. I know. <laughs> what can someone like me do about it? And so this workshop was, was going to be an answer to this because they advertised it. So I was like, all right, it's on. So uh, I went to D.C. and I didn't know what to expect. But something powerful happened when we went to the Supreme Court to pray. Um, this is not political. Um, this is just kingdom. Um, you're in the family business. Okay, so this is family business. I went there on family business. And uh, we were praying at the Supreme Court, which I'm, I don't even know anything about anything. I'm just going to tell you right now. I know nothing about how the government works or like how I, all I know is God called me there and we were going to show up at the Supreme Court and I said yes. Okay, so let that be an invitation to you. Uh, I just said yes. I didn't need to know everything. And so I show up at, and something came over me. I can't explain to you to this day, except that it was the heart of God. I just got overwhelmed. And all I could do was just sob and weep on the steps of the Supreme Court and just release God's heart. God, what do you want me to say here? What do you want me to do? And that's what I did. I just did what he was doing, and I said what he was saying, and I wept, and I was so overcome with the power of God. I believe what I prayed changed something in the atmosphere. I felt the shift myself. I believed that. Not wishful thinking like, yeah, that would be great. No. My prayer matters. Your prayer matters. Your prayer matters to God. It matters to God. So maybe you're not called to shift nations, but you are called to shift the world around you. 
And it just starts with knowing that your prayer matters, okay? If I decided that I would just, I wasn't going to pray anymore because my prayers don't get answered, if, you're, if that's your starting point, you're believing a lie. So let's just, let's just uh, throw that lie out, okay? Um, for you to stop praying because you don't see your prayers answered anymore is a, I'm just going to tell you bluntly, it's an attack. It's an attack on you as a believer because we just read a verse, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You have all access of heaven right inside of you. But I will say I found a key to seeing my prayers answered. Would you like that? Okay, good. Uh, what makes our prayers effective? That's, that, was, that was something that I really wanted to learn and grow in. Um, as a disciple, you know, we're learners. And so I wanted to learn from Jesus what, what makes prayer effective, Jesus. And this is what he told me. Ask me. Talk to me. Pray to me. Inquire from the Lord what he is doing and saying and even asking him, Lord, what should I pray for this situation? Sometimes I don't even know what to pray. And if you've been walking with the Lord a while, you might have a recorder that you just push play on when you pray. You might pray the same thing. And God's speaking something different. And how can you partner with him if you don't know what he's saying? <laughs> I've prayed for years for my brother to be saved. God, just save him, save him, save him, save him. And he says to me, why do you keep praying that? I'm like, because I want him saved. And he's like, well, what would it take for him to be saved? And I said, well, if he's going to get saved, then this, this, and this needs to happen. And he goes, well, why didn't you pray that? I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> so after years of praying for my brother, I started praying these things, and they happened. And he got saved. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so much more happening in the unseen realm than the seen realm. So if you base your prayer on the seen realm, you can get discouraged. But if you recognize there is a lot happening in the unseen realm because of your prayer. We only see in part, guys. The key is effective prayer. Many prayers can be ineffective because we are, we are not asking. We're not asking those things. But even there's times when you have asked and you still don't know, I've got good news for you. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. Come on, guys. We can't lose. He's interceding for us. So if you don't know what to pray right now over your marriage, if you don't know what to pray right now over your kids, if you don't know what to pray, he is interceding for you. But don't let that stop you from praying. Keep praying. Sometimes um, we just need a download. We need a download because we need to know what to pray. That's such a game changer, guys. I can't even tell you. That is such a game changer. So... Usually, um, okay, so a lot of times I come in here and God's speaking to me about stuff he's saying and doing in the room, and I don't like to come up during worship and grab the mic. I hate it, honestly, because I have a high value for worship, and I don't ever want to take anyone's 
time or intimacy away from the Lord, but there are times when God is speaking, and I have to be obedient to that. And so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just pray, and I'll say, Lord, can you tell Gigi? And literally 100% of the time, he tells her, and she releases what needs to be released so I don't have to come up here and grab the microphone. Isn't that incredible? Come on. I don't ever get tired of that. I do not ever get tired of seeing God move like that. Like, just tell Gigi. And literally, isn't it 100% of the time? I always come after you. I was like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. Almost word for word, guys. Word for word. Um, when our prayers don't get answered, what happens? You know, we can think like, why bother? You know, why bother keep praying? We do shrink back. I have. Um, so even when I have prayed effectively, there are times when we, it seems like we're not getting the answer because, as I said before, we only see in part. We see a part. We play a part. We see a part. But we have to be okay with mystery. And I've heard people say this, and I'm like, that's such a cop-out. I'll be honest. When people tell, it's just a mystery. I'm like, cop out. <laughs> I want an answer. Who, who wants the answer? I do. Come on. We're created to know, right? But sometimes there isn't an answer. I can't answer that. Can you explain how we're here right now and seated in the heavenly places? Can anyone explain how that is kind of possible that we're bilocational in different realms? It's in the Bible. We are, but I don't know how that is. To me, that's a mystery. So here's a healthy response when we come across prayers that seem to not get answered. How about expand your depth of prayer? Go to the Word. Study the life of Jesus. What is, who is, what's his character and nature? Because I might be believing something about God that isn't true. You're going to you expand your depth. I do not base the truth about who God is on the result of the prayer that I think that should have happened. Come on, guys. That's a big one. So two years ago in September, um, my mom became very ill and I had to rush home. Um, and it was it was pretty serious. But I'm going to tell you as I'm standing here, I was convinced my prayers were going to get answered and that she was going to make it. Fully convinced. I was not upset. I wasn't stirred. I wasn't shaken. I wasn't moved from that. But she didn't make it. Why didn't God answer my prayer? Because I, he could have, Right? I mean, isn't that the truth? Sometimes we think you could have answered that prayer, God. Why didn't you answer it? I don't know. I wish I could give you a great answer. I don't know why, but I know it's driving me into the heart of God and not away. So if that's been you and you've ran away from God instead of into the arms of your father, I, I just want to invite you today to do that, to run to God. We have to be okay with not knowing all the answers. Okay, we have to be okay with that, guys. 
I'm going to just, um, I'm not even going to give you the addresses, but I want to I wanna just rush through these um, scriptures real quick of the life of Jesus. Put your seatbelt on. I'm going to run through these real quick. These are just uh, verses about Jesus praying. I just want you to listen, maybe even close your eyes. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. And it happened that while he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he questioned them, saying, Who do the people say that I am? Then Jesus said, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He went away a second time, and he prayed, saying, My father, this cannot pass away unless I drink it. Your will be done. That's just a small portion of the plethora of scriptures about Jesus praying. I believe, guys, um, I always like to, I feel like God always shows me what is happening in the Big C Church, okay? Um, We have a lot to own up to, and I believe that we're responsible for the corporate prayers that happen, like our responsibility and occupying this space. I feel it. but the good news is, is we're in a Kairos time. How many ever has heard of that word before, Kairos? Okay, a lot of people have not. Kairos is a time that requires a conversion um, from people. So when Kairos time is here, it's a call for action, conversion, and transformation, a change of life. Kairos is not just a crisis, but an opportunity and favor. God assists us in discerning the kairos, a moment of grace. That's the actual definition. So we're in this bubble with God, so to speak, as a church where he's like here to convert us from passive to active, to reform the church, passive to active. Gigi said it during worship. We're not, we're not passive. Uh, we're not just, you know, observers. We're, we're called to do something. And, but he's here with us to assist us and give us favor in that. So if we just step into it, imagine what could happen. So there's an invitation as a church that we were created to fully occupy the earth in every realm, every mountain of influence. We should be engaged in what's going on in our own nation. Or else, how can we disciple the nations? That's what we're called to do. Nations is just a word for people. We're called to disciple people groups. It takes understanding that the church is in reformation and reforming to its original tent so that we can actually engage what's going on around us. Corporately, individually, and again, if we can accept this and give God our yes, we get pulled in that kairos of God and we get to co-labor with him from a heavenly perspective and become a church that God can deploy. Come on, guys. A church that God can deploy. 
that has the answers, that have solutions, not because of how great we are, but because we're yielded to Father God like Jesus was. What are you doing? What are you saying? It's on him, guys. It's not on us. It's on him. Will you, can you just partner with him? Church, come on, just partner with him. Somebody said a very controversial statement that I don't feel, I said it in the first gathering, but I'm not saying the actual name in this one, but the fact that he proposed that God could not put someone in a place because he couldn't find them in the church, that was his opinion, just say with me, his opinion. I don't know if that was true or not, because I don't know the inner workings of how God puts people in place, okay? But what it did do is cause me to ask the question, God, why is the church ineffective? Why, why are we ineffective? We need to ask that question because we're the church. I'm not the church by myself. I can't just be my own church. We're the church together. We're the body of Christ together. When I go home, I'm not the bride of Christ. But when I'm here, I am with all of you. So God gave us the ability to be effective in culture. So I just want to provoke the, the thought in that. Luke 19, 13. This is in the ESV version. Calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. There's another verse that says, occupy until I, till I come. He's saying, will you occupy until I come? Will you? Will you occupy every level of influence until he comes? What does that look like to you? Maybe it's just being present in your marriage and praying for your marriage and seeking wholeness in your marriage. That could be where you start. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray right now. If I can get uh, Gigi and Miriam to come on up. If you guys go ahead and stand with me, we're gonna close. I want you to think of a situation or a circumstance. Maybe you prayed for something like me for years and didn't see anything happen. And I want you to give the Holy Spirit permission in this moment to speak something new to that. Maybe give opportunity to ask different questions. This is just between you and God. Ask the Lord how he wants you to pray for that circumstance or situation and what, is, what does he have to say about it? Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.